Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing? I'm doing pretty well, TK. As always, it's always the good start of the week when the Ravens have a win on Sunday. For sure, makes it a lot easier. makes it Makes it easier to uh, get up and go to work on Monday. We are actually recording this on Tuesday, so we have a couple uh, couple days to review that win. The Ravens went into Atlanta and defeated the Falcons 26-16 to behind a tremendous effort by the Ravens' defense and a steady, as always, ground game on the offense. So we're going to talk about the offense, defense, special teams. We'll hand out some game balls, talk about our pop of the week, put somebody on the bulletin board, and we will look forward to the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Very, very high-flying offense out there in Kansas City. So let's talk about this the game this past Sunday first. We got a lot of really solid production on the ground again, and that was the key. It really is the key. I mean, you look at, you look at how much this team has changed since... Jackson has started you know it's it's the key to everything I mean it sounds crazy but the running game you know or at least as far as you know Lamar Jackson is the key but he truly is you know putting him behind center changes the offense the the ground game suddenly becomes formidable Mm -hmm. despite the fact that our starting running back has now been put on our IR we've got a undrafted free agent starring at running back the last several weeks, and it all comes down to Lamar Jackson. That's it. Absolutely. I mean, he is a nightmare to game plan for. I mean, as as, as easy as it sounds to, to say, oh, you just have to prepare for the read option, it's something that we talked about after the Raiders game as well. I mean, you have the power inside rush with Gus Edwards, and you have the speed outside with Jackson and Montgomery. It still is really hard to prepare for, and they're getting really good at making you pay for you know bad reads by the defensive ends and the linebackers. So I mean, they continue to have so much success on the ground. I mean, this is three weeks in a row in which you know the the scheme hasn't really changed all that much in these three weeks, and still nobody can stop them. Well, you just just look at some of the numbers from last week. So just just individual stats for the moment. So think back to when Flacco was starting. We were complaining about how, you know, Alex Collins was leading the team every week with like 50 yards, if that. Well, last week, two guys over 75 yards, 75 of Lamar Jackson plus Gus Edwards with 21 carries for 82 yards. You know, even Kenneth Dixon averaging four point six yards a carry on eight carries and then you've even got Ty Montgomery who didn't do a lot on the ground three carries for 13 yards but chipped in another five receptions of four for 42 and through the air so I mean suddenly the Ravens have gone from a really vanilla questionable running game to who are you gonna stop it's pretty crazy I mean the bye week changed quite a bit but a lot of it was that change of quarterback Oh yeah, for, for sure. I mean, he's Lamar has definitely been the key to to igniting that running game. One of the things that, you know, if you're going to have a complaint, it's going to be all the fumbles that we're seeing, you know, either yeah. on the exchanges or, you know, 
You know, we've kind of talked about Lamar not trying to do too much. We saw that a little bit on one of the fumbles that he was able to recover himself. I feel like maybe just trying to do a little bit too much. But those fumbles, you know, you can't fumble four or five times in a game and expect to recover all of them. You know, sooner rather than later, those are going to start going the other way and it's going to hurt this team overall. Absolutely. And that's where you've got to have the defense the Ravens have. You know, I know I've been extremely critical of the Ravens' defense, and we'll get more on the defense in a bit. But having that veteran, stout defense to to make up for those mistakes that are going to happen with a rookie quarterback is huge. And when you've got the upside of Lamar Jackson as up, you know, it, we, we, we have to expect this, you know, as a rookie quarterback. I think we've, we're a little bit... Uh, you know, a, a little bit, what am I trying to say? <clears throat> spoiled, I guess. We were a little bit spoiled the, the first couple games of Lamar's career because he really didn't have, like you said, those moments where you went, oh, that's that's the rookie moment. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a few of those, like you yes. said, on Sunday. I mean, the fumbles were definitely cringeworthy moments at times. You got to hope he's going to be able to clean that up. But with all that said, you take the bad with Lamar Jackson and then you take the good with Lamar. You know, that touchdown run he had in the first quarter was a thing of beauty. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I I wanted to shout out Nick Boyle for a terrific block out there on the edge. You know, he was kind of the lead blocker and got the key guy before Lamar broke those tackles. That was an awesome block by him to get all the way out there. But again, I mean, Lamar running the ball, I mean, he he just found the pylon. I mean, he he knew he was going to get there. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, Lamar just has a nose for the end zone as a nose for the first down marker, you just can't teach the kind of talent that Lamar has. It's pretty unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And and since we mentioned one tight end, I got to man- mention my guy, Mandrews, coming into the game, the highest graded rookie tight end in the league, according to PFF. He chipped in three more catches for 47 yards. I believe all of them were for first downs. I mean... He has become a real threat in the passing game, and it's and it's so good to see because I was on this guy's hype train uh, maybe a little bit too early, but he's he's making it pay off. Look, and his his catch too. I forget when it was the little sliding grab mm-hmm. for the first down that was almost kind of a bad throw by Lamar on the run. Now, mm-hmm. granted, he threw it where only you know the Mandrews could catch it, but even still, nice little. Sl- sliding grab popped back up got about two or three more yards I mean he like I said a couple weeks ago you know the the Ravens really have the potential of having one of the more dynamic tight end pairings since we saw Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski back with the Patriots I mean it's it's going to be exciting to see that develop especially with Lamar yeah no absolutely the 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 other thing that I wanted to mention is, you know, we almost had our greatest fear realized. And that was when Lamar Jackson went into potential concussion protocol. Uh, He got kicked by Ronnie Stanley, obviously inadvertently. But, you know, all those things that you worry about, you know, he he can't run that much. He's going to get hurt. You know, all all these things. And it almost happened. Yeah, it you know... And especially in a wacky way like mm-hmm. that, to have, you know, of all things, get kicked in the face by Ronnie Stanley as he's being flipped over. You know, I, I, we're just going to have to expect this moving forward. I mean, 
And the reality is, during Lamar Jackson's career, he's going to get hurt. It's the type of – I mean, any quarterback's going to get hurt in the NFL, but the, the style of play that Lamar Jackson has, the reality is the Ravens probably need to plan on, on a backup quarterback starting maybe even as many as three games a year. And that's if they're lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, so having a guy like RG3 uh, ready to go – is so important. And, oh, by the way, RG3 played pretty well for the little bit he was on the field. Mm-hmm. Certainly did. I, he, he did enough. <clears throat> he did enough. I mean, it was a scoring drive. They scored a touch or scored a – or kicked a field goal, rather. So, you know, it, he kept the he kept the offense calm. He didn't look – you know, sometimes you see, you know, backups coming in, and especially, you know, it's the second half – of the ball game, you see a quarterback who just isn't in the flow of the game. The other team takes advantage and it changes the whole whole scope of the game. Even if the back, even if the starting quarterback comes back in, that section of the game where the backup was in totally changed things. And, and in this case, RG three played well. It was almost a seamless transition between RG three and Lamar, and then back to Lamar and. The Ravens just kept on rolling. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because even at that moment, in those snaps where RG3 was on the field, that running game continued to succeed even with Lamar out there. So they were just hot yesterday. They really were. And, you you know, we have to give props once again to the offensive line. I think it makes a big difference that Brown is now the starter at right guard. Mm-hmm. You've got... So of course, you know, it, it's also gotten healthy at the same time. I'm still in – I still want to see James Hurst at left guard. You know, if he can get healthy, I think that would really improve the offensive line even more so. But you can't really, uh, you know, be too critical right now. They're, they're, they're playing quite well as a unit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one more thing, a, a continuing theme <clears throat> with that running game has been the time of possession. And – I mean, I really don't even know how the Ravens did it, but they had the ball for almost 40 minutes, 25 minutes in the second half. I, I mean, I, mean, I, there's I, I don't even understand. Right there. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, they basically it. twice, basically twice the amount of time as the Falcons. It's unbelievable. You know what it comes down to? Domination on defense. And this is the perfect time to transition over to that defense mm-hmm. because quite frankly the Falcons couldn't run the ball the Falcons couldn't pass the ball and quite frankly I'm surprised they scored 16 points yeah yeah that's I mean that's certainly true I mean well the offense only scored 10 well that's a defensive good touchdown point. they didn't even score yeah exactly we, we gave them one of the touchdowns via one of those aforementioned Lamar Jackson fumbles mm-hmm. so so you're right I mean it, even even with the you know nine points, you know what did or I guess well I guess it's I guess uh, technically you're right it was six points or or no what am I I can't do math but anyway the point of that is you know yeah just total domination by the defense total and c- complete yeah I mean look ten total points what was that 131 net yards I mean that is wild that's I think the second fewest in Matt Ryan's career. They averaged 2.9 yards per offensive play. They went two for nine on third down. They were just absolutely dominated. And one of the keys was shutting down Julio Jones. 
Yeah, I mean, think about that. I, you know, there, Julio Jones had a catch. I think it was on the first drive. That was just unbelievable. He kind of stole the ball away from the Ravens defender. It might have even have been Marlon Humphrey. And you're thinking, okay, here we go. You get ready for Julio Jones to go off. Mm-hmm. He's, he caught one more ball the rest of the game. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell I, you I mean, what. He, he had those two catches on the first drive and then didn't touch the ball at all the rest of the game. There you go. I mean, it's crazy. Look, I mean, you look at these names. Julio Jones, two two receptions for 18 yards. Calvin Ridley, three receptions for 22 yards. Their best player on offense by far was Austin freaking Hooper with mm-hmm. 44 yards and a touchdown. And that touchdown didn't happen till the end of the ballgame. I mean, exactly. I mean, it was, it was look, I, I, there's been a lot 34 of 34 yards rushing. 34 yeah. Four yards rushing, TK. I mean, there's there's the time of possession right there. Mm-hmm. That alone, you can't. I mean, that's that's just crazy. They ran the ball a total of 15 times for 34 yards, and that includes two carries for four yards by Matt freaking Ryan, who runs about as well as Joe Flacco's. <laughs> hey, I I gave Joe a lot of credit for his skills on the ground <clears throat> earlier this year, but yeah, you're right. Oh, I mean, crazy. He likes Flacco. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's faster than you think, but that doesn't make him fast. You know, let's, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I I mean, a lot of attention has been given to uh, Steve Sarkeesian, the Falcons offensive coordinator, and, and his relative ineptitude and in calling plays and all that kind of stuff. But still, this was total and complete domination we had three more sacks seven total quarterback hits so that pass rush is heating up again and of course we had the strip sack return for a touchdown i believe it was peanut on wasso that forced that fumble Tavon young right right spot right time scoop and score i mean look that's two straight weeks with a defensive touchdown they're starting to play really well right when they need to they are they're starting to make big plays when it counts and that's Good to see. Now, with all that said, and I'll talk about this more in a little bit, the Ravens have been playing some pretty crappy teams at the same time. So uh, while while I want to still stay positive about this defense, they're going to be the reason the, the Ravens go far. Because, as we said, look, Lamar Jackson is a rookie. While he provides the, this offense with a dynamic that they did not have before, and they definitely he definitely gives the offense the best chance of success – moving forward in the playoffs, it's going to be that defense. If the Ravens do anything the remainder of the season in the playoffs, it's really got to be that defense that carries us. And, you know, that certainly happened on Sunday, and it needs to continue. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you mentioned the the Falcons' inefficiency <clears throat> on the ground. I think that's a, that's a hat tip to the defensive line, who we will discuss in a little bit. I mean, they were so good up front. You know, the back end was was amazing as well. I mean, Humphrey and Jimmy Smith were really good outside. You know, Tavon Young as well. I mean, he picked up that fumble recovery. I mean, you're getting contributions from everybody. And especially with one of the starters, Tony Jefferson, was out. And Chuck Clark steps in, and you don't really skip a beat. I mean, the depth has been really nice, and Chuck Clark did a really good job filling in. He really did. I was just about to mention that, you know, or at least was thinking about it right before you you mentioned it. I mean, we've, and I guess you got to wonder, you know, if it's just one game, but if Chuck Clark, who I know the coaching staff has been pretty high about the last couple of years, 
I mean, if if this continues, let's say Jefferson's out again this week and Clark continues to get tape, I mean, it, salary cap casualty potential is definitely there for Jefferson if for Clark sure. continues to play well. Absolutely, I, I can I can see that absolutely. Um, so I guess you know the other thing to mention would be the special teams. Uh, Sam Cook was dropping dimes out there on the fake punt. That was awesome. It was. That was awesome. I mean, it, it looked beautiful. He looked like a quarterback. I mean, he is our emergency quarterback, so it's good to get him some reps occasionally, right? Yeah. Um, good to see. It's always fun to, to get see those tricky, tricky Ravens. It, I mean, just the way that he threw that, he was so calm, so cool, and just, like, fired yeah. it over the middle. I mean, and Chris Moore actually made a terrific catch going up and getting that thing. I mean, that play, I mean, if Georgia could have run that the night before, you know, that game yeah. might have ended differently. But, you know, I'm glad, that, you know, the, the Ravens pulled it out early in the game, actually. I believe it was in the first quarter. Was that right? Yeah, it was definitely early on. Um, <clears throat> I don't I don't have the, the score sheet in front of me. But it was definitely early on in the game. You know, it's funny. It, I, I haven't seen any any uh, interviews about this. But has anyone asked Harbaugh whether they, you know, gave, you know, got any inspiration from the night before to to try that play, even though it was negative the night before? You know, I haven't any seen idea. That. I haven't seen that. Yeah. but I don't know. Because <clears throat> I mean, that was the first thing ever. You know, on on top of just about everybody's mind, and then Tony Romo was like, I think he called it out about right away after it happened. So I I'll, I just – I wonder, you know. I, I mean, obviously, I'm sure they were all watching the game. Both teams were in town. Yeah, for sure. Already at that point. So mm-hmm. – And had a lot of Alabama guys on both of these teams. So, I mean, yeah. I'm sure they were tuned in. I'm sure they were. It, it was probably a uh, fun – you know, it's got to be a fun atmosphere when you got a bunch of guys like that. You know, they're, they're watching their alma mater play. They're professional. I mean, that's – that's got to be a pretty intense room when you've got guys that have all been playing for Bama watching one of their their their, uh, their games like that. That has to be pretty neat to, to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you're the Ravens, you're watching people that could be future teammates. So no doubt, no doubt, <laughs> out man, no doubt. Yep. So I mean, Justin Tucker again, very active, very good. I mean, you know, no doubt about any of his kicks. He continues to be the, you know, the best in the league. Not really much to say about him. Again, I mean, he's just yeah. really good. Ho hum, Justin Tucker, best kicker in the league. I yep, mean, exactly. I mean, ho-hum. man, we are so lucky. Seeing all this stuff really, that happens, truly, the, oh, man, it is unbelievable. Um, I mean, just think back to Billy Cundiff. You know, that's all you no, have to. I'm, I refuse. Remember is Billy Cundiff. I mean, anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to think about that. I'm I'm moving on. Yeah. Let's hand out some game balls, get back on track here, and let's leave Billy Cundiff in the past. You got yes, a game ball sorry, to give out? I'm sorry for that. All. We need to exercise <laughs> those demons. Let's talk about some good stuff. Well, I'm going to circle back around and give my my game ball to, to a, a combo platter of quarterbacks, both Lamar Jackson and RG3. You know, Lamar, as we mentioned before, he is the key to this offense. 75 yards on the ground. I mean, that tells you all you need to know about the time of possession. He makes this offense tick right now, and he's got to stay the starter moving forward. RG3, what can you say? He came in, did what you had to do as a backup quarterback, kept the offense steady, and didn't miss a beat until Lamar came back in. So I got to give the game ball to both RG3 and Lamar. 
Yeah, for sure. Great, great <clears throat> points on both. I'm going to flip it over to the defense. I miss. I, I mentioned that front uh, a little bit earlier, so my game ball goes to Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce. Brandon Williams, by far his best game of the year. I mean, since Willie Henry went out, there hasn't been all that much um, interior pressure, but Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce both were able to absolutely own the line of scrimmage. You mentioned it, only 30-something yards on the ground. You know, a lot of those plays got stopped in the backfield. You know, Brandon Williams has, has been uh, criticized quite a bit after after signing that big deal, but he was absolutely terrific on Sunday. Michael Pierce coming on as well, becoming a key piece of this defense. So both of them get my game ball. So the quarterbacks and the defensive line get our game ball. Uh, let's move on to pop of the week. You got one? I do I, I I've got to go with T Sizzle and his sack in the first first quarter. It was a great sack, helped set the tone for the rest of the game. Plus, I love the celebration with the rest of the defense. That was pretty great. Oh yeah, absolutely, that was cool. Mine is going to be another hit in the first quarter, and I'm going to go with Chuck Clark absolutely squaring up Edo Smith. So Edo Smith oh, had broke oh, yeah yeah broke free for about a uh, eight yard gain or so right around the first down marker and Chuck Clark just squared him right up stopped him right in his tracks you could definitely hear that hit on TV so I know he got him pretty good so Terrell Suggs and Chuck Clark get our pop of the week so now let's move over to put somebody on notice with some bulletin board material who are you going with this week. I'm sticking with the defense. Now, obviously, mm. we've given a lot of the praise of the defense this week, but it's not the time to get a big head. <clears throat> Defenders, we've given you a lot of crap all year. You had a fantastic game last week. We love you. It's fantastic. You've got a big, big, big mountain to overcome this week with the Kansas City Chiefs. This is not your ordinary offense. Sure, they may they may. They have just released their star running back last week. But that said, they still have the young gun, Patrick Mahomes, ready to just throw touchdown passes on just about any play. So this is going to be the biggest test of the season for the Ravens. It's time for shut up. If this if this team is really going to be a Super Bowl contender, they've got to beat the Chiefs. And if not beat the Chiefs, they need to really shut down that offense and give them a game so the defense is on on the bulletin board for me this week oh yeah for sure we'll talk about some of those key matchups a little bit later in the show but for similar reasons i am gonna go and put lamar jackson on the bulletin board this week we mentioned him earlier the fumbles have to stop the chiefs will make you pay for that the other thing is you're going up against another young quarterback that has put himself in the MVP conversation this year. I mean, he Patrick Mahomes has been absolutely terrific all year. Can Lamar Jackson hang, I think, is the question that uh, is, is going to become very key throughout the game because the Chiefs are capable of scoring very quickly on big plays to their guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Meanwhile, the Ravens have developed this time of possession, slow and steady, you know, chunk plays at a time kind of offense. So when that Chiefs offense scores quickly, how does this offense respond? And, you know, if if they get down by a few scores, 
what are they going to change to have some quick scores of their own? And like we said, the offense right now, the catalyst is Lamar Jackson. So that's why I'm putting him on the bulletin board this week. Not because of any any bad play, it, it, but it's more so what can you show me against this Chiefs defense that really is beatable? It's that offense that has been of another world. How do you stack up against them? So we're going with the defense, and we're going with Lamar Jackson on the bulletin board this week. So we had Michael Long take the trip down to the ATL to visit the Mercedes-Benz Stadium that the Falcons recently put up, and he saw the win uh, against the Falcons. So we're going to go over to him now for a special remix of Inside the Bank. Okay, so now we're going to bring in Michael Long, who was down in Hotlanta for the game. Mike, I know you're very excited about this trip, so let's just jump right into it. What do you think of that new stadium? It was unbelievable. The stadium itself, just like the just the overall like feel of that brand new stadium is just unbelievable. Uh, it's nothing like any football field that I've ever been to before, even compared to like some of the baseball stadiums that I've kind of been to. I don't think I've ever been anything that compares to that. It's just everything was just state of the art. It seems like no stone was left unturned when it kind of came to designing that. Um, were, were there any it things was pretty, that kinda, it was really, really impressive. Were there any things that like kind of stuck out to you? I know the video so, boards the, above the field are really cool. Yeah, the the giant like Halo video, video board that was above the field was pretty sweet. I've been to one other retractable roof park over in Seattle, but it was open air that night. It was pretty cool to see that at the football field. Just from, from the upper deck where our seats were, you couldn't really get a feel for how big it is. But we moved down around half to try to check everything out. And it literally almost encompasses the whole 100-yard football field. Uh, that thing's pretty impressive. That's wild. Um, but just just overall, I mean, like it, it had a lot of character to it. From the outside, it's really impressive. But overall, yeah, it was, it was pretty sweet. I'm really happy we got a chance to go. So you sent me a picture early Sunday afternoon, and the, and the stadium was almost empty. What's up with that Falcons crowd? Yeah, I don't know if they're just giving up on the season or what, but the uh, the crowd was pretty poor down there. The Ravens fans turned out, so there, there was a lot of purple down there. It was just like Nashville. I'd say maybe even more so than Nashville, Ravens fans. But, yeah, I, the the crowd was a little disappointing. It even seemed at, like, a couple points that they were, like, pumping in noise on third downs. It was, like, really bizarre because all of a it. sudden it would get – all of a sudden it would get loud, like, out of nowhere. I um, knew it. But they NFL, had like this annoying, like, uh, yeah, I know, trying to keep us out of the playoffs. Um, <laughs> just kidding, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, aside from like the crowd, um, that was a pretty awesome experience getting down there for the game. Yeah, I mean, maybe they were a little hungover from that SEC championship game. You know, tough loss by Georgia. You never know what those Atlanta uh, natives were feeling like Sunday morning. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was a. It was pretty cool to be down there for that game too. There's. Mm -hmm. It seems like. So it's a little bit different than up here. What they were telling me that like, no matter what school you go to, if you're still from Georgia, you kind of root for the dogs. Hmm. Um, so the majority of the bar. I mean, everybody was rooting for Georgia. Um, so that was pretty neat. We were, we were kind of down out and about that day as well. So, um, 
I guess Sam kind of showed them how to run a fake punt. But <laughs> um, but overall, it was pretty cool to be down there for that as well. Yeah, for sure. And and you told me that you stayed in that new Braves Village that's down there around the uh, the baseball stadium too. What was that like? Yeah, so it's, it's called like the Battery. And when they built mm-hmm. the stadium, they built like all sorts of um, like apartment buildings and commercial areas. And there's a big kind of like a um, power plant live kind of in Baltimore, but it's mm-hmm. right outside of the gate of the baseball stadium. So all those bars were super crowded. Uh, we even went there Sunday after the Ravens game. There's like a concert venue as well. So um, I got to get down there for, for a Braves game now. It's, it looks like a pretty awesome place to watch a game. Yeah, unfortunately, I was down in Atlanta like right before both of these new stadiums came in. So, uh, got to get back down there for sure. Now, I mean, we got the Chiefs coming up. You know, based on how we played against the Falcons, you know, what are some of your takeaways? What do you think we can do here against the Chiefs? If we control the clock, I mean, the second half was a little bit of an outlier, I'm sure. But yeah. if we can kind of control the clock, running the ball. Um, and we're still getting yards on first, second down, not giving Lamar, you know, third and longs when he has to throw. And it seems like that's when we were kicking field goals, that's the kind of situations we were in. But as long as we control the clock, you know, our defense, who knows? I'll, I'll put them up against them. And, I mean, it obviously helps that Kareem hunts out. Um, mm, yeah. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I give us a puncher's chance, you know. Yeah, I mean, with that defense balling and, and Lamar running and Gus Edwards running hard, you never know what's going to happen. So uh, we'll I, see what's, what's going to happen. I feel better now than I would have two or three weeks ago looking at the Kansas City Chiefs game. You know, I'm, I am I probably yeah, wouldn't have given us a chance at all. And then we get on this little win streak. You know, let's let's see what happens. I'm pretty excited for Sunday. Yeah, for sure. I mean... You know, that, that'll that be a really exciting game to watch. I mean, two hot teams coming in. So uh, I, I assume you're not going to be there for that one. No, no, not going there. <laughs> and it's an easy one weekend. Um, gear back up for the Bucks game here in Baltimore. Yep. Okay, so, so we'll catch up with you again after the Buccaneers game. I think you have a special surprise uh, for that game, some, some on-field passes. So we'll we'll be uh, interested to see uh, what that's like for you. Yeah, that's going to be pretty sweet. Finally, I've been uh, my my dad's been a PFL owner since the Ravens came back to town. We're finally seeing the benefits and everything. They 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 uh, copped us some tickets, so I'm looking forward to that. It should be pretty neat before the game. Hopefully, we're on a, a four game win streak. It may have to be a little bit more exciting. Oh yeah, for sure, Mike. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Yep. Bye. Thank you to Mike. Again, he will be back after the Bucks game, after his on-field experience, so we're excited to hear about that. But right now we got to look forward to next week at the Kansas City Chiefs. And whenever you mention the Kansas City Chiefs, you got to mention Patrick Mahomes. He has that offense playing on a different level right now. You know, they did lose Kareem Hunt to a... Uh, was it uh, to a uh, domestic violence situation but they have a ton of other weapons at wide receiver they have a guy like Tyreek Hill who has you know sprinter speed they have Travis Kelsey who is you know a pro bowl level tight end you know they are loaded on that offense what are some of the key things that you see the Ravens having to do against that offense 
Well, I think, number one, they've got to stop the run. I mean, I know that sounds silly because they don't have Kareem Hunt, but I think it all goes back to the same formula that this defense had against the Falcons. If you hold the Chiefs to 32 rushing yards, I'll I'll bet that the Ravens are, are playing in a pretty close game with the Chiefs. Um, <clears throat> so while while Patrick Holmes, Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, scares me beyond reason with his almost 4,000 yards and 41 touchdowns and only 10 interceptions, you've got to make them one dimensional. So I think that's step number one. And then besides that, I think like you mentioned earlier, it's about how the offense is going to respond because it's not a question of whether the, of whether the Chiefs will score, they will be scoring. So how are the Ravens going to respond? How is Lamar Jackson going to respond? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I was trying to do some research into, you know, in the games that the Chiefs didn't play as well, you know, what happened. And I look at the offense and I, well, I look at their scores. In their two losses, they scored 40 points and 51 points. So, Really, there's not much that they did wrong on offense there. But I think the only thing that you can try to do is make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable. I mean, you know, in addition to stopping the run, I mean, the pass rush has to be there. And, you know, these are such generic answers. But we haven't really seen what can stop this Chiefs offense. Well, you're right. And we also haven't seen this this defense play in offense i mean you're looking at you know certainly the best defense in the in the league with the ravens and and you know i don't i don't i don't have the the uh league offensive rankings in front of me but certainly one of the top if not the top offenses in the nfl with the kansas city chiefs so it's gonna be an interesting matchup i mean everybody always says you know defense wins championships and blah 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 but <clears throat> we're going to see the real test of this Ravens team, and you know, I, you you look at the you look at the teams that the Ravens have beaten this year. They're not great. You know, you look at you look at that list of teams. I mean, let's let's go over it real quick. So, I mean, we've got wins against the Bills. Awful. We've got wins against okay the Broncos. They. They are in playoff contention, but I think we both will agree they're not a great team. You know, we split with the Steelers, so you kind of—that's what we do with the Steelers. But then we beat the Titans. Now they're they're also in playoff contention, but I think we can agree that the Ravens are likely a better team than the Falcons. Then when they beat the Bengals, they beat the Raiders, and they beat the Falcons. None of those three teams would you consider a good team this year. Who have they lost to? They've lost to the Saints. They've lost to the Steelers, as I mentioned, but their Steelers are still a playoff team. They've lost to the Browns. They've lost to the Bengals. Now, both of those situations we can kind of put to the side. But, you know, those three losses in the middle of the season, the Saints, the Panthers, the Steelers, those three are definitely the best teams that this Ravens defense has has played against. I, I, I'm just not sure there's anything that they've faced that can either – tell us anything of, about how they're going to play against the Chiefs because this is a completely different animal. And on, on the flip side, you know, it's also really going to tell us a lot about the Ravens just in general as a team. 
if they actually can come away with Kansas City with a win or come away from Kansas City with a win, you know, that says a lot. You know, if they come away with a loss, I think it doesn't say as much. Is that fair to say? Yeah. No, I I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. The thing that is working in the Ravens' favor right now is their corners are playing at a really high level. And I know that Tyreek Hill has, like, other world speed, but, you know, if we kind of give him that Julio Jones treatment of, you know, shading a safety his direction or something like that to kind of take him out of the game, make some of those secondary weapons uh, outside hurt you, you know, those guys... I mean, they have Sammy Watkins, and they have a couple other receivers that you really really haven't heard of. You know, make those guys hurt you. I mean, you know, make them be the one that make plays. You know, Kelsey is obviously going to be a mass matchup nightmare for anybody, and that likely is going to fall on Chuck Clark and, you know, a, a guy like Kenny Young or somebody like that. And that's going to be really tough. But, I mean, if we can take Tyreek Hill's speed out of the picture, that's a huge thing, and I think that's, kind of a little bit more doable because of how well the corners and the safeties are playing well right now. Oh, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, you go, it goes back to stopping the run. You know, mm-hmm. if the Ravens can take advantage of the fact that, that Kareem Hunt is no longer on the Chiefs, completely shut down the running game, then and then you, if they can go that next step and basically, you know, let, I guess you, I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but let Kelsey beat you. And cover Tyreek Hill. You know, understand that Kelsey's going to get his yards. Maybe, maybe, maybe let Kelsey beat you is probably the wrong way to put it. Maybe contain Kelsey. You know, know that he's going to have a big game, but try to just contain Kelsey mm-hmm. and then shut everybody else down. You know, if the Ravens are actually able to do that, could be a nice day on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And then maybe the best defense is that running offense and you just milk the clock and and you know so i saw a lot on twitter that was saying that you know this recipe isn't going to work against the good teams and the recipe being you know time of possession and defense and running the ball and you know that's kind of the opposite way that today's nfl is moving so you can look at the chiefs as the modern day NFL offense and you can look at the Ravens right now as the offense that existed 10, 11, 12 years ago and you'll get a clash of two very different offensive schemes right now and we'll put that idea to the test that time of possession and running the ball and playing defense can't win in today's NFL and it'll be a great experiment to see if you know this will kind of be something that the Ravens can continue to do and and make a run into the playoffs? Or are we just going to get blown out or or beat by some of the passing offenses that we see, like the Chiefs and the Patriots and the Steelers and even the Texans now? So, you know, it's funny. And and I can't – I I basically agree with everything you're saying. I I think the one thing that that stood out to me there is – and I know this is – isn't you saying it? This is folks on Twitter, but the idea that this offense can't win in the NFL, I think is think is crazy to me. And 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 the way I look at it is this: look back, think back to you mentioned ten years ago. So ten years ago, that those two thousand eight Ravens, 
<clears throat> when they made the playoffs with Joe Flacco as a rookie, and they, you know, the jumbo formations and using McLean at fullback and running back, and you know, all those, the just the various running formations they did, and you know, that worked, and that worked with a rookie Joe Flacco at quarterback. The Ravens can do that now. Now, granted, they're not really doing the jumbo packages quite like that 2008 team did. But you've got Lamar Jackson running that. It's, it's, that just adds such a different wrinkle. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. But if he can make mistakes and still run for 75 yards and a touchdown at the quarterback position, this, this offense can win in the NFL. I mean, and and just like just like you said, I mean, time of possession is so important. If you keep the Chiefs off the field, they're not going to score. Right. So if the Ravens can continue to have you know seven eight minute drives i know that's asking a lot but with the running game and a ball control offense you can do that so that and and as we've said all all show this is that is the defense's best friend when you control the clock and run the game on run the ball on offense and i don't know i think i think certainly if the ravens can hold on to the ball and have extended drives, this could be a really, really interesting game. If they let the Chiefs score and then have a three and out, this could be a long game. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's going <clears> to <throat> – go ahead. That's, that's going to be the interesting thing to see because if, if the Chiefs sell out and try to stop the run, will Lamar be able to make them pay through the air? And, uh, you know – it, it, it'll be really interesting, really interesting. So I'm looking at the Vegas line right now. The Chiefs are favored by six and a half points at the moment, and the total points over under is at 53. So based on that, give me a prediction. Well, I'm going with <clears throat> the Chiefs and the under if I, I were a betting man. I'm, okay. I'm going to say the Chiefs win 28 to 20. The Ravens hold, you know, keep making it a game for a while, but it ends up being probably not as close as that score. Okay, got it. Okay, twenty-eight twenty. So I was gonna say um, like thirty-three twenty-one, and just just like that, just like you mentioned, you know, it, it is just a twelve-point game, two scores, but I think it's gonna be. Uh, it's going to seem a little bit more out of reach than that. I think the the Chiefs just have a little bit too much on offense, especially playing at home. They have a terrific home field advantage there in Arrowhead. But like we said, we don't know what's going to happen with this time of possession kind of deal that the Ravens bring to the table now. So look, they 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 have a chance. They are not going to get blown out here. I, I think we both agree on that. They might lose, but they yeah, won't get I think- blown out. Yeah, I, I think we're definitely in agreement there. I, I mean, it, it it may not be this may not be a win as much as we both love to be celebrating, you know, the anointment of Lamar Jackson as, as the greatest rookie quarterback in the history of the NFL. I, I think the reality is we're probably looking at a loss this week. But like you said, I I, I don't see the Ravens get blown getting blown out. Now, did I, I see the Ravens getting blown out by the Panthers? No, but. I, I truly think, especially when you factor in the recent 
<clears throat> recent roster moves by the Chiefs, which, you know, let's face it, that should have happened and, and you, you maybe should have happened earlier than it did, you know, when you start reading the stories. But um, but anyway, you've got you've got a Chiefs team that, you know, granted, they didn't seem to miss a beat against the Raiders, but, you know, they're they're missing a pretty big part of their offense. So hopefully the Ravens can try to take advantage of that. So I guess since we're both predicting a loss, let's go ahead and assume that the Ravens lose this game and they move to 7-6. and six. And the reason I say this is because I kind of want to look at the playoff picture because, you know, we're kind of entering that last quarter of the season here. There's only four games left. So the Ravens are actually just a half game out of the division lead uh, that the Steelers hold right now because of that stupid tie that they have. But... They do have sole possession of the number six seed, that second wild card spot, and they have a one game lead on the four teams that are the Colts, Dolphins, Titans, and Broncos. So of those four, I kind of see the Colts as the greatest threat to come back and take that six seed from us. And luckily, the Colts are playing at the red hot Houston Texans this week in a division matchup. So, you know, you know, the, even if the Ravens lose, they might have kind of a cushion there because of the teams that, you know, their competition is playing. So, you know, as long as we're looking at this playoff picture, the Ravens control their own destiny once again, and even with a loss, they still hold the tiebreakers over these other teams. So we might be in, in pretty good shape either way. Well, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. As I'm looking over the remaining schedules, you know, while I think I would agree with you that the, that the Colts are probably the better team out of those, you know, out of the Dolphins, the the Colts, Broncos, and Titans, if you look at the re- remaining schedule, to me the team to actually worry about is possibly the Broncos. They <clears throat> So this, this week they play the 49ers. That very well could be a win. The following week they play the Browns. That very well could be a win. Then they have a game against the Raiders. So the next three games, they could easily be nine and six after the next three games. So that's de- definitely a team to watch out for. Now they close up with the Chargers. Um, so obviously the Chargers are, are potentially and, and I guess likely playoff bound. Um, so that that last game, you know, the Chargers very well could be sitting players that game. Yeah. So if if the uh, you know, watch out for the Broncos. They they could make a charge um, at the end. You know, just with their schedule alone. So that's definitely a team that I would be looking out for. Yeah, for sure. So then you know, <clears throat> I was thinking before maybe if we go two and two for the rest of the season. Maybe that doesn't get us to the playoffs. I mean, the, I didn't realize that the Broncos may not. had such an uh, such an easy schedule for the rest of the year. Nine and yeah, seven I mean, might not get us there. It may not. I mean, you look at you look. We've really, you know, I I I really believe the Ravens are going to have to win out, and and it's not going to be easy to do that. You know, it, the Bucks the, the Bucks are sort of a weird team, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say the Bucks are are good, but they're they can they can come to play depending on when you play them you know the chargers are a good team and it's not going to you know it's going to be a a uh, <clears throat> night game you know so it you know we've got uh, prime time action you know in los angeles no not that that's a terribly fantastic home field advantage but it's still a home game for the chargers you know obviously finishing up with the browns is nice you know but that's that's not an easy next three games for the Ravens at all 
Yeah, for sure. I mean that that you know, if the Ravens go two and two, if they beat the Bucks and the and the Browns, you know, I I you know a, a while ago I thought that was going to be good enough to get us there, but it may not be. So, you know, the the Ravens are in that spot right now, but they're going to have to play really well down the stretch to keep it. So, you know, going back to the beginning of the episode, got a great win against the Falcons. You know, defense played one of their best games of the year. I mean, not the gaudy sack numbers and all that, but they played very solid all around. They're going to have to come to play again next week against the Chiefs. The offense is going to have to keep it rolling on the ground, keep riding that time time of possession thing, and we'll see how that stacks up against some of these uh, passing attacks uh, like the Chiefs. So uh, is there is there anything else that you wanted to add, or we can go ahead and sign off? I think it's time to sign off. Hopefully we uh, start start the next show with just as much uh, fun as we did this one. Yep, absolutely. So for Andrew Holly, I'm TK. This was Crab Takes in Football. We'll see you next week. Go Ravens. Go Ravens. Go Ravens.